Kim Possible is one teenager. Kim, we've got trouble. <gasps> oh, no. What? Thought I saw a zit. False alarm. On a mission. We've got to save Europe. Yeah. Be careful. Jigs, you won't be a soda. Oh. To save the world. Chasing bad guys, switching brains. <laughs> High school sure has changed since my day. Kim Possible. So not the drama. Watch it on Disney Channel and ABC Kids. Welcome one and all to the podcast without a cool acronym. The podcast where we review Disney television animation shows. I'm your host, Chandler Deroche. Joining me on the podcast today via Zoom, we have Gabby Tyrell. Hey gang, what's up? We have Micah Hirsch. Oh hi, I didn't see you there. And Jonathan Edward. Hey guys, I'm back. So today we're going to talk about a beloved Disney Channel animated series. Um, I think it was easily the most popular show until a certain other show I've talked about quite a bit came, up, came around. And that is Kim Possible. Yes. <laughs> So I know all of us here have seen Kim Possible. It's it, it was like I said, very very popular at the time. Um, what's everyone's connection to Kim Possible here? Um, obviously, I was a girl, little child, little girl growing up. It I with Kim Possible was the right demographic for it. Um, I think the Kim Possible episodes came out like two thousand two, two thousand three. So I was like eight or nine years old, and um, I was obsessed with Kim Possible. Um, I loved watching all the, all the, sh all the movies and stuff. Um, Sitch and Time was one of my favorites. Um, there was the one where she has the boyfriend that's voiced by, um, Phil of the Future. And then that's how her and Ron, like, get together. But then around that time, I think I was like, when did that movie come out? Um, let me check. 2005? 2005 okay I think around that time I was starting to get into like junior high and high school so I kind of started fading away from that so then like I don't think I ever got to really see it end because by then I was kind of grew out of it but kind of look but looking back on it I mean Kim Possible was a fantastic role model for um young women or young girls and all that and um, I love the way she dressed, so. So I have, my family um, was obsessed with Kim Possible, um, especially my oldest sister, whose name is Kimberly Ann Hirsch. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so she particularly is atta was attached. So shout out to her. Um, I doubt she's listening because she's probably too busy, but if she is, um, shout out to you, Kimberly. Um, I even, one of my earliest memories of I'm sure this wasn't the first time I did it, but one of my earliest memories of as a child armchair Imagineering an attraction was a Kim Possible. I had an idea for a Kim Possible ride for Epcot at one point, way, way, way before the World Showcase Adventure was a thing. All right, well, give us your elevator pitch for that really quick. Go. Um, as far as I can remember, it mostly involved Drak and wanting to take over India and call it Drek India. <laughs> That's cute. That sounds about right. So for me, it's Kim Possible has been one of those shows where I got into it because I liked uh, other shows that the creators did. I grew up with Penguins of Madagascar being just one of my favorite series that just really made me laugh. And so as I got older, um, you know, I knew about Kim Possible from the parks and uh, just kind of the reputation that it had garnered, the fact that it was the only Disney Channel show that made it past three seasons because the fans petitioned so hard to get the season four um and so i figured i need to check it out and over as i got into college i think i've watched about half the first season i pulled up the chronological order on the wiki and just kind of started watching it that way and it's one of those that i just have not uh, gotten to finish but i told my sister about it and she finished the show in like a month so <laughs> I mean, it I, is relatively easy to finish. They're like 30-minute episodes. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not even 22. Okay, yeah. yeah 22. 30 minutes with commercials, obviously. Yeah, 30 minutes with commercials. 
but yeah, it's pretty easy. I guess it would be pretty easy to finish and like yeah. maybe also counting the TV movies that they made, which are probably like at least an hour or so long. Yeah. I think the first one's an hour and the second one is maybe an hour and 20, 10 or 20 minutes or something. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard good things about a Sitchin time and loved or... the Sitchin time. The Sitchin time so. was my, my jam. Yeah, we'll have to watch uh, that one at some point on this mm-hmm. podcast, as well as uh, the other movies, so the drama. So yeah, I, I kind of know the general big plot things that happen towards the end, just because I've been curious, but I haven't seen anything past season one, so. So Jonathan, you brought up some of the shows that the creators of Kim Possible came up with. Um, Kim Possible was created by Bob Shuley and Mark McCorkle, and they've worked on a bunch of stuff um, between the two of them. Um, Alf, Cops, um, G.I. Joe, Operation Dragonfire, Camp Candy, Super Mario Brothers Super Show, Do the Mario, <laughs> Captain Planet, what? Goof Troop. Honestly, Goof I can see that. That is their sense of humor. So uh, much stuff. Yeah. He is, his resume is a mile long, practically. I'm surprised, um, but that also does not surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> the character designer. Or some, or some of the writers or character designers have involvement with the Clerks animated series, I think. I can kind of see that too, because the Clerks animated series and the Kim Possible series kind of look, they have that similar look, so. And of course, as Jonathan already mentioned, um, they both worked on Penguins of Madagascar and Big Hero 6, the series. And they also pitched a pair of screenplays to Disney one was for a theatrical Kim Possible movie, and one was for Sky High, and they went with Sky High. <laughs> well, we Sky High is a good movie, so I like Sky High, yeah, but I would have loved to see I mean, Kim they, Possible get a big. We Sky eventually movie. got a Kim Possible live action movie thing. Well, my hope is that the 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 movie in in the alternate universe where they went with the Kim Possible theatrical movie. My hope is it still would have been animated, similar to. Uh, Recess schools out where it was still an animated movie. It's not like they tried to do yeah, they, live action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Disney TVA really doesn't do theatrical animated movies often, do they? Recess and Teacher's Pet and a right. goofy movie effect. And the Phineas and Ferb, they kept wanting to do one. Yeah, but, the, but was that going to be? I guess that still would have been TV animation producing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, just the 2D integration. Well, depending on which idea they went with, but there were so many for Phineas. Yeah. So my connection to, the, to Kim Possible, I was um, pretty young when it was going on, but I still really enjoyed it. You would think that um, demographically it would skew more towards girls, but no, it's a show for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's a show for everyone. It's very, very well written and um, very, very funny. I mean, the writing, um, just the episode that my sister and I watched that was the Halloween episode, I love the when the villains are together and unfortunately i don't think we'll get much of that if any of that in this episode but when the villains are together and they're bickering (laughs) that's a lot of fun just seeing them play off of each other like that um that's why we'll definitely have to um talk about um it's very reminiscent of the batman the 60s batman series in my opinion the villains themselves are just very over the top and ridiculous a lot of their names are like um plays on their actual name characters names Mm -hmm. i mean monkey fist as we're gonna um find out today in this episode um his name was monty fist Fist. yes monty fist lord monty fist and that is something that I completely forgot about. Um, kind of brought something back to me. I was like, whoa, I forgot about this. <laughs> well, the other thing we need to talk about before we get started is that Monkey Fist was played by Tom Kane. And part of the reason why oh, yeah. I wanted to pick um, this episode was because this was the first episode um, with Monkey Fist. And um, Tom Kane, uh, a few days ago, suffered a stroke. And He's currently unable to speak. We don't know if he's going to be able to talk again, um, but we're praying for you, Tom. You know, mm-hmm. th- this goes out to you. Very, very I actually, um, actor. I met him once. Um, he came to um, Phoenix Comic Con when I was, this was, I think this was like 2015, 2016 or so. And um, he autographed my pamphlet 
and signed it as Yoda because he was um, Yoda in the the Star Wars Clone Wars series. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was Yoda and the narrator in the Clone Wars. He played um, Doctor Loomis after Donald Pleasance passed in uh, Halloween H two O. He was also Admiral Akbar in uh, the Last Jedi, and he was mm-hmm. Qui Gon in the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special and a bunch of other stuff. He's done a lot of Star Wars, Archer, Girls. just IMDb over here. He's done a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he um, signed my um, my Comic Con pamphlet. He was pretty nice. He's a good dude. It sucks that he's going through a stroke. That's something I would never wish on anybody. Hey, editor Chandler here. I just wanted to give a quick update on Tom Kane's condition. And as it turns out, the stroke had actually happened two months ago as we were recording this. And we were all just kind of finding out about it then, but it had happened a little while ago. The good news is that he is in Kansas City receiving top-notch care, physical therapy, speech therapy, all of that. Um, He is slowly regaining his ability to speak, you know, just a couple words at a time. But obviously, recovering from a stroke takes time and a lot, a lot of work and a lot, a lot of patience. So I just want to say that we're rooting for you, Tom. Best of luck with everything. We'll be right back after we watch Kim Possible Season 1, Episode 13, Monkey Fist Strikes, right here on the podcast without a cool acronym. Long ago, in a faraway land, there was a prosperous studio run by a middle-aged CEO. In an era of princesses and flashy musical numbers, the studio decided to go in a different direction, and thus their most unique creation was born, and they called it The Emperor's New Groove. But The Emperor's New Groove is more than just one movie. There's an entire expanded Grooviverse out there, and I intend to explore it all on The Emperor's New Podcast. Hi, I'm Micah Hirsch, and I'll be your host on this whimsical journey as I'm joined by special guests to discuss every corner of this underrated franchise, from movies to television to theme parks. You can hear all about it on The Emperor's New Podcast, available on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Be sure to stop by and give it a listen, and remember, beware the groove! Okay, so we just finished watching Kim Possible Season 1, Episode 13, Monkey Fist Strikes, or as I would call it, Your Nerdy Friend Will Save the Day in Your Time of Crisis. (laughs) That's not a good title. Also, um, rich people are sometimes evil furries. Yes, rich people are evil furries. I think that's... Monkey Fist is a furry. Let's be real. Monkey Fist got his hands and his feet genetically engineered to, or genetically modified to be like monkeys. Does that make Monkey Fist a monkey experiment? Monkey experiments! Monkey experiments! But yeah, (laughs) I like, I like in the episode how he's like, oh, can you explain these? And he holds up his hands and it's just hairy. It's like, yeah, you probably have like a gland problem or something, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you know? You see his feet, it's like, oh yeah, that's messed up. Okay. Yeah, it's like you see his hands, it's like, big deal. My dad has hairier hands than you, sir. Chill. <laughs> my uh, my uh, ninth grade science teacher had hairier hands and she was a woman. <laughs> right, that, that that happens. But like when he when it came to the feet, I was just like, oh, he probably the big genetic experimentation that they did. He probably just got hands and he took off his feet and he sewed. I was hands gonna say his, his feet just look like hands. His feet just look like really long hands. Well, I mean, monkey monkey feet are basically really long looking weird hands, so it makes sense. But right. I like to think that he just kind of sewed hands on his feet and called it a day so <laughs> that's my genetic experiment it's just frankensteining myself because mm-hmm. you know why not I have, i'm rich i have the money i own a fucking castle um i, I forget what the dementor what uh, professor dementors later looked like but all the other villains on kim possible have basically their own castle mm-hmm. killigan has his own friggin castle Dracken at his own castle. I think at one point, one of them gets like a lair in the mountains and there's a sign outside that says secret lair. <laughs> of course it does. 
Well, like, I mean, uh, in Monkey in Monkey Fist case, he is a royal knight. He's you know he's Sir Mont he's Lord Monty Fisk, Monty Fisk, Lord Monty Fisk. He's a lord, so mm-hmm. it makes sense that he has a castle in England. He's like, oh yeah, you're a lord. You probably own property and stuff like that. So obviously, you're gonna have a castle. Right. Some I'm looking up Tom Cam, realizing, oh, I know him from uh, the Clone Wars. Yeah, it's one of those voices that you recognize immediately once you hear it. I mean, he he's the guy who does the intro for the uh, Trials of the Temple show at um, Hollywood Studios, just because he was also the narrator for the Clone Wars. And also, his sidekick in this episode is voiced by uh, Jeff Bennett, who's just a really <laughs> famous voice actor. Other Bates. <laughs> Mr. Bates. Mr. Bates. Is that his name? Mr. Bates. Mm. Oh. Oh, I get it. it. Uh, Jonathan, the other random thing I noticed in the credits was like, oh, hey, that's Zach Moncrief. I recognize that name from the Storyboard Revisions. Zach Moncrief worked on Phineas. Phineas, yeah. Yeah. And fur. So kind of going through the episode... Um, the whole episode in the beginning basically begins with um, Kim rescuing an eagle in like a national park or whatever. Right, okay. and I, she puts him. She puts the eagle in her pocket. And I'm like, wouldn't that suffocate the little baby? Probably and then like she gets jostled around and stuff. I'm like, how does that not kill the little baby eagle? You know? <laughs> Why aren't the laws of physics being applied to this children's cartoon? That is the question. I think but she rescues the eagle and it, it's funny because that kind of has nothing to do with anything other than just to be something for her to do at the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it's to establish how much she hates her nerdy cousin Larry. Yes, uh, she goes into this whole thing about how much she hates her nerdy cousin Larry. Um, and yeah, Larry is kind of a dweeb, but... Well, I mean... This was 2003, 2004. It was before um, culture had really taken hold of popular. Yeah, culture. this is before um, like comic book, like pop culture really accepted, um, you know, comic book culture. She's talking about like, oh, he goes to these creepy conventions all in costume. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, and when I, I remember watching that episode and be like, yeah, I'm never going to be a nerd like that. And then, you know. We're all nerds like that now. Nearly 20 or so years later, here I am um, cosplaying at these nerd conventions, these creepy nerd conventions, and talking about things that people don't care about. <laughs> so before we get too far, obviously we also have to mention the theme song friggin' slaps why did they bother putting a skip intro option on this exactly i I posted on twitter a little bit ago um rule 74 of life never skip the kim possible intro because the kim possible intro slaps Mm -hmm. it's actually kind of a long intro for a cartoon it's it's like a I, i didn't time it but it's 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 pretty long compared to some other ones i think yeah. But it's a it's a good one, obviously. I mean, of course, uh of course when they got to doing the the I don't want to call it a reboot, but the live action version, um, uh, they had to do a shot for shot remake of it and it didn't look nearly as cool as the original show because of course it didn't. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's not as stylized. Like, you can't really expect like real people to like, you know, fulfill to fulfill that kind of style, you know? It's almost like trying to do that kind of stuff with a 14 or 15 year old kid in live action is just gonna end up looking like a fucking Robert Rodriguez movie. I think my I mean, favorite- that's not a bad thing. I love but, Robert uh, Rodriguez. But like, it's gonna look like one of his kids' movies is what I mean. Oh, like Spy, like Kids. Spy Kids, okay. Yeah, it's gonna look like Spy Kids or Shark Boy okay. and Lava Girl. Right. I was going to say my favorite comment from the live action Kim Possible is always just she just flips everywhere. Everywhere she goes, she needs to, she feels she the need. A cheerleader. The only thing it literally saved her life. I mean, yeah, she is a cheerleader and cheerleading is kind of, it, 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 all, it all links together with her being a, a crime fighter. She's able to do all of the, 
acrobatics and stuff. <laughs> Although in the the live action Kim Possible, I remember um, I haven't seen the whole thing, but I do remember the clip from like towards the beginning. The bus where, scene. Yeah, where she <laughs> <laughs> where she saves a baby with a grappling hook. I'm like, okay, that's not Kim Possible. That's Mabel. <laughs> It's unique. It's a it's a unique movie. I, I yeah, we'll have to talk we'll have to talk about that at some point honestly. Mm-hmm. You know what? It's based on an animated series, so I'd say it still counts for this podcast even if it is a live action. Though I would say movie. a Kim Possible movie directed by Robert Rodriguez would fucking slap. That would be really cool. That would be awesome. That would be really cool. If you could get someone who could actually do the um the do the actual fight choreography and use real locations not cgi not not yeah, just a, all on a green screen in a couple of hours in your backyard there's a shocking <laughs> amount of cgi in the live action kim possible that they just did not have the budget to make look of good. course not because it's a disney channel original movie there's they impossible. never have anything in the budget have you ever seen like halloween town right <laughs> I mean, but at least that had real locations. Mm-hmm. At least Halloween's had real locations, but Kim Possible is a globe-trotting uh, crime fighter. It's like you're gonna have to go to actually, you're gonna have to actually go to different countries. Which is why I propose like an actual theatrical um, version of Kim Possible, directed by Robert Rodriguez, and yes. you know with the blessing of the original showmakers and Disney and all that give them the budget to be going around the world or at least go to places that look like they could be around the world you know and yeah i think i think that's what bothered me the most that's what bothered me the most about the live actions the original creators were involved and it still just it just didn't work that's why i have a little bit of uh, hope for the the new little mermaid movie that they're doing because at the very least um alan mingan is uh working with lin-manuel on that well, I mean, Alan Menken was also involved in the Beauty and the Beast reboot, and that's like one of the most heinous crimes against humanity that I have yeah. ever seen. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, but was he was Menken actually allowed to do like anything really new for that? Well, I mean, he wrote he wrote the music for some new songs, like the Days in the Sun, the music for that, um, okay. the How Does a Moment Last Forever, all the that. Song, the poor man's. If I can't love her um, evermore. I hate how people became obsessed with that. I was like, if I can't love her exists, it's right there. It's a better song. Why aren't you people going nuts for this one? <laughs> you know? Editor Chandler here, and I can't believe I forgot to mention this when we were recording, but in 2004, my family went to New York City and we saw Beauty and the Beast on Broadway. And you know who played Belle? Kim Possible herself, Christy Carlson Romano. Uh, she also actually was in Avenue Q as Kate Monster for a little while back in uh, 2008. So she's done a bunch of Broadway stuff, which is cool. And now back to the podcast. And, and she's talking so long about how much she doesn't like hanging out with Cousin Le- cousin Larry that it like shows the passage of time where she's just continuing to go on and on. It's like, okay, well, you're, you're, you're boring Ron with your, your description of how boring he is. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure Ron doesn't mind because, I mean, in the end, he likes her and they end up getting together anyway. So it's like well, another yeah. excuse to talk to her, you know? Yeah. Yes, uh, Queen. Talk to me about your troubles, Queen. Yeah. I'm here for you. I'm here for you, Queen. The whole thing is that Kim missed family game night where Larry was going to come over. So mm-hmm. instead of that, um, they end up going over to Larry's house for dinner that's the the new plan that comes up and while that's going on um wade is testing out his uh, new hologram technology kim and ron go to cambodia to try to help lord monty fisk find this jade monkey statue in this very very um indiana jones-esque temple i felt like i I would say more last crusade it reminded me of the um temple where they held the um the 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 cup yeah yeah it felt like i was watching the indiana jones stunt spectacular a little bit (laughs) i think it was it was kind of interesting how when she gets when she gets the monkey statue 
all the traps kind of go away. That was an interesting twist on it. It's like, all right, you made it this far, and you now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, at first, I really thought she was gonna like get into another trap, and I was like, why didn't anybody go in after her? And also, <laughs> yeah. why didn't she have like a little like map or something of this temple? You'd think that she would be prepared beforehand, because I'm pretty sure she was briefed about this, right? Right. So yeah. why is she so surprised about all these booby traps and stuff? These these should have been well documented in her little in her little travel pack thing, you know? I love when yeah. she falls and she's like, the spikes, where are the snakes? I was no, I was being sarcastic, as of course the snakes immediately show up after she says that. Uh, and she falls, um, but is able to stop herself using her uh, the rubber band from her hair. It's a strong ass. Um, I was like that defies the laws of physics. Even if it is like a like a stronger scrunchie or whatever, it still is not gonna. I mean, unless it's like a spy variation of that, where it's like, oh, well, you have spy gadgets that look like normal things, like uh, the the lipstick laser. I think is the one that um, that Kim normally uses. Um, that's. I think that's a totally spy thing. Maybe, but I think she, I think Kim also had one of those. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. Female spy cartoons in the early 2000s, that was a very popular genre. Yes. Um, <laughs> but then she grabs the jade monkey and then she just walks away with it. And then, of course, there's uh, more stuff that triggers. But then she ends up back seemingly where she started, even though she supposedly fell several hundred feet. So I'm not sure how that works. <laughs> it's physics cartoon physics logic i guess yes. yeah it's a children's cartoon so maybe, why yeah. even question the laws I mean, of I mean, physics to be fair escape from gringotts kind of follows the same logic you yeah, go down except, eight miles and then you no just you're right back. you're right it does where you go down but then you don't really go back up yeah and while they're on the way to the temple uh monty fisk and ron really kind of butt heads because ron doesn't like monkeys because of an incident at uh camp wanawi where he was <laughs> Which, uh, how did that camp on. not get sued off the ass for that <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're gonna stick our um young children in this um cabin with this rabid chimpanzee that we have also uh, here's some dirty lake water that mutates our children totally gonna make a buck at that camp camp director cameron campbell and um and of course um monty fisk is sure to tell Ron that chimpanzees are apes and not monkeys. <laughs> I mean, looks like a monkey, talks like a monkey, is a monkey, according to Ron Stoppable. So, is Ron ever wrong? No. So, <laughs> yeah, no. Ron has very good intuition because he knew that Monty Fisk was a bad guy. Mm hmm. Yeah. Ron does have good intuition. He he got similar bad vibes from uh, bad road vibes from Kim's boyfriend in uh, so the drama the drama right. Who spoiler alert ended up being like what was it a syntho drone or something like a that. robot kind of he was it a was robot like, boyfriend yeah something like that. Um, but then so that that night after they found the jade monkey, Kim and Ron are asleep ron's getting freaked out by stuff in the the forest and yeah, he's like there's monkeys in the jungle i'm like yeah you're in the jungle of course yeah. there's fucking monkeys dude chill uh but then a supposedly random ninja uh i'm doing air quotes you can't see that <laughs> um but a random ninja shows up and steals the the jade monkey and the monkey fist comes out and is like oh Darn. Can we talk oh, about well. that for a moment? Yeah. Um, okay. Um, spoiler alert, that that ninja turns out to be Lord Monty Fist. Yes. Another example of cartoon logic. Um <laughs> he, he he runs away and then oh, and then I don't know how to describe this. He the ninja runs away and then from the complete opposite end of the area. Monty the ninja does a smoke like, bomb. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah he uses away, a smoke bomb in a way, but A, that ninja looked next to nothing like Monty, and B, they were on two opposite ends of the spectrum, and as soon as the smoke bomb hit and 
and Kim was like, oh no, he's gone. Lord Monty comes out and is like, oh dear, with yeah. those darn ninjas. That is like physically impossible. But Monty's again, teleportation a, powers, I think, is what we can garner. Is this a billion? This is the mystical monkey powers that they're talking about. <laughs> is this a billion stew situation where there's really just two different ninjas? Maybe I don't know. Uh, I mean, no, it, he no. It's revealed yeah. that he is the ninja. Right, right, right. I know. Yeah. I, I, I was just making a joke. Because uh, because in Scream, the whole thing is it's like, oh, there were actually two killers the whole time. <laughs> right. Um, okay. Also, I just I really love the way that the backgrounds are done. Um, like with the yeah. text and everything, that all looks really cool. The art style for the show is just so like it feels like everything feels hand drawn. It's very simple, parts. but it looks it all looks very good. It's very it is cool. very there's pleasing kind of to a, the eye. Yeah, there's kind of um sort of a 1950s aesthetic to some of like the architecture and stuff, I think. Oh, yeah. Mount. Yeah, mid-century modern. Very well, it's like it's like very simple too. There's not a lot of yeah, like there, there is dimensionality, but it also feels like flat in a good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like but it's then, like paintings, you know. So then, I like how Oh, and then Kim ahead. Possible comes. Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. No, I mean Kim Possible comes out and out of her room after she comes back from Cambodia, and she was like, "Oh, it was good and it was bad because I got the artifact, but then it was stolen by ninjas." And her dad is just like, "Isn't it just like those darn ninjas?" <laughs> I'm like, I love how her parents are so supportive of her. I mean, I would be. A little more concerned if my daughter was going out on a limb like risking her life every single freaking day i mean my teenage daughter going out risking her life every single day but here they're just like oh yeah how was cambodia oh you got a ride from the u.s army whoa that's so cool um isn't it just like those darn ninjas to steal your stuff and this is this is the second um of these that i've been on where there was the involvement of at least a ninja. Yeah, because we just oh, talked right. about recess, recess. Was out and there were ninjas. Right. The ninjas. <laughs> the government, like rogue government agents rogue just government have a ninja. band of ninjas for some reason. Because the government recruits ninjas, clearly. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's 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 actually kind of funny because the episode that uh, my sister and I watched for our whole Halloween thing that we did. The only thing with um with Kim's parents is they just need to know where she is. They um and if if she lies about that, there's hell to pay. Mm-hmm. It's really mm-hmm. funny in that episode because her dad goes up to Dragon's like, um, excuse me, I need a moment alone with my daughter. Then Dragon's like, oh, absolutely, sir. <laughs> I mean, I feel like if it's a teenage girl fighting a shit ton of adults, at least the the adults are being respectful, you know, <laughs> just like, oh yeah, you're a minor. And and then when the, the villains are getting dragged away and arrested, they're like, I'm so disappointed in Kim right now. I don't know if I can ever trust her again. I can't believe she lied. <laughs> Which is just great. It goes back to, I love the villains in this show. So then, um, uh, they're at Wayno Nacho, and Kim is talking about how her family set up this evening where they're going to go to dinner at Cousin Larry's house. And she's like, yeah, I can't get out of it. And Weed's like, well, what if you test out my new hologram technology that I have that I showed off earlier and um, have the hologram go in your, in your stead to dinner? And she's like, no, I couldn't do that. They, they realized they talked about monkey kung fu and they were like oh well lord monty fisk is an expert about all things monkey so he should know more about the ninjas who stole the the little thingy our little um, macguffin right right, right. monkey a monkey monkey a monkey monkey the person who came after us was a master of monkey kung fu so obviously we should go talk to the guy who would probably know about that but yeah, they're the same and then person. She's like, oh no, I gotta be with my nerdy cousin. What am I gonna do? It's like, well, we're we're um, we're having problems with uh, Darth Sidious. I wonder if uh, if, if Chancellor Palpatine can help us out with this. <laughs> I like I like how Kim is uh, is honest enough in the episode to not 
use the hollow Kim of her own free will. I think that's uh, you know one of right. those role model things. Like you know, yeah, because then we go to the next scene. What she's got to do. One of my favorite little subtle touches that you know that she is like the holographic Kim is like she goes up to the door and like oh yeah like the yeah, doorbell. I was, I was just gonna bring that but up. We have to the next scene. doorbell and she's like oh yeah and then she motions for him to get it and I'm like I didn't catch that that's actually kind of clever yeah I was, gonna, I was just gonna bring that up she, we cut to the next scene and um Ron's like well, aren't you gonna ring the doorbell and she's like yeah the doorbell go ahead it's like that's the hologram and I'm like mm-hmm. so does Kim know that they sent the hologram does that sound that sounds like a really bad idea and then I was like no it was Wade's idea and Kim didn't know <laughs> I, I was expecting Kim to be like, okay, so how are things going? Uh, that's like, well, that wouldn't really make a whole lot of sense. So I, I like that that was just Wade being like, hey, well, why not? My, my technology will do just fine. It's not like anything could actually happen. Yeah. I wonder how he didn't find out when they were going all the way to England to his castle. Yeah, Kim Possible plays really fast and loose with how long it takes to travel to places right it's very we can be back to the we can be to england and back you know go to cambodia and back in a day cambodia and back back before dinner but yeah um they go to the castle um lord monty fisk is like i have all the things and now you know my evil secret and ron and kim are just and hollow kim are just like wait what you have no idea what you're talking about and 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 monkey fist is like now you know my secret, and you'll take it to the grave. And Ron is like, oh, you know, a lot can happen in 40 to 50 years. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, how do you know? A lot can happen in 60 to 70 years. And yeah, okay, like, you're going to kill But us. first, yeah, why would you want to kill somebody that knows how obsessed with monkeys you are, given that I'm pretty sure everybody in um, Lord Monty's lordship like all the all the royalty of England probably knows how crazy he is and how obsessed with monkeys he is. You probably also know, know they should, because I, I mean, mean he's got monkeys all over the place and all. Well, yeah, that. he's he's an ex. He he portrays himself as an expert, but I don't know if they know about the the monkey fist side of it, because he kind of has this like. Uh, and I, I, I don't remember if he just completely drops the Monty Fist thing and goes by Monty, M- Monkey Fist full time later on in the show. But I think he does. At the, yeah, so uh, at least until that point, everyone still knows him as Monty Fisk and not as this crazy ape man. It's just, it's just good for you know a person like to be able to play both angles so that they don't get suspicion it's like it's mm-hmm. why batman has such a high profile as bruce wayne it's like yeah. oh it's bruce wayne you know, you know what? that's fair it. enough he, i think he's also embarrassed that um kim and ron found out that he's a, a furry so now he's gonna <laughs> kill him yeah because this was back before that was open and accepted which brings us back to cousin larry that's right being a nerd is open <laughs> and accepted 2021 yes Greetings. Oh. I am Oathbar. Who is he voiced Um, do you know Chandler? Because I don't remember his name, but he's been in other things, I'm pretty sure. Who has? The guy played Cousin Larry. The guy that plays Cousin Larry. Cousin Larry. I I, I can look that up. I know that there's a guy who works at Bueno Nacho for one episode who's voiced by the same guy who voiced the kid in the Polar Express, the nerd kid. Oh yeah. 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 And man um he's he's in the movie a lot i think that that character yeah Yeah. he's he's known for the typical nerd voice kind of thing hey dexter it's the point dexter voice yeah hey did you know about the train we're on the polar express guys oh my god what you know what locomotive this is you know who lovely loved that movie though walt disney Yeah, I love that the number of the Polar Express is 1225. That's like <laughs> my favorite details. Of course it is. Um, so, so, so according to IMDb, what you do instead of things, Brian Posen, um, comedian, actor, voice actor, musician, writer, um, he was on uh, Comedy Central's The Sarah Silverman program. He's on The Big Bang Theory. I don't see what he's done voice acting wise. 
He was in Clerks, the animated series. Okay. Which I know we mentioned earlier. He was in Aqua Teen Hunger Force, uh, American Dad. Good morning, USA. He was Lobster Claws in Star vs. the Forces of Evil. Okay. That might be He probably just has one of those voices that is just like, oh, yeah, I totally know it, but it's probably imitatable by everybody. Yeah. Yeah. That weird kind of... That weird kind of nerdy voice. Um, um, I feel like we can't talk about Compossible at all without talking about um, Rufus some. Oh, Rufus! Rufus, yeah. Rufus is wonderful. I used to annoy my mother um, and like blast the the naked mole rap rap the rat rap yes. naked mole rap mm-hmm. all on um whenever it came up on Radio Disney. I'm gonna play that at the outro of the the. the podcast i i will absolutely <laughs> i had a cd that had a few episodes on it because this was because you know shows like this and Phineas and ferb they don't release full things but occasionally they would release dvds with a couple episodes on it i don't know if i still have it but it has the um the ver- the, the it has that on it but um with a cgi rufus dancing with the communicator it's a 2000 CGI. It's not supposed. It's supposed not supposed to look like. You Interesting. Know, okay. And the naked mole rat will be CGI. <laughs> that is an episode of the show. I remember when self-fulfilling they... prophecy because the the naked mole rat in um, the live action Compossible was CGI. Yeah. I remember, I remember when they showed like um, pictures of real naked mole rats and they were like the ugliest things. In the world they I was, are they look was, like baby rufus mm-hmm. they, they look like um something that i'm not gonna say because <laughs> i know what they look like <laughs> i think you got a mental image um mm. uh, rufus is awesome R- rufus is voiced by um nancy when Kim realizes that Wade's at the ho- the hollow Kim with Ron and that Ron is in deep shit, she's like, okay, what do I do? How do I help? And um, Larry starts going on about all, all this stuff and then she realizes, hey, he might actually be able to help me here because this is a pretty insane situation that's not far off from a fantasy game, so why not? Uh, so... But my question is, it's like, so does the is the hologram technology able to just replicate anyone perfectly instantaneously? Yeah, so this I, is I, Wade we're talking about. Wade is a computer you genius. You don't need to set up cameras or have a technology system. In you don't plate. need to spend a day shooting at a soundstage or whatever. Or... No, no, no Kingdom Keepers motion capture stuff. You just Yes, I love how you Kingdom know what I was Kingdom Keepers. Now that is a name that I haven't heard in years. A long time. <laughs> I yeah. love the thought behind it where they just have to like sit and like do all the motions for their fit for their characters just over and over for hours and hours and they do the program. I mean, I kind of had to do a similar thing for a um for a video that I had to that I was paid to act in. Um, it was a training video for um, police officers to help identify how people with or how autistic people act. And um, they had whenever when we were shooting it. Um, we had to, I had to be, they had to like move me manually to make sure I was like up at the mark so that um, there wouldn't be any discrepancies in between the doing a loop of motion. Yeah. So yeah, it was pretty interesting. I got 200 bucks out of it. That's awesome. That's the last thing I've ever really acted in. (laughs) Um, There's a lot of stuff that happens in this show way earlier than I remember it happening. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. like the hologram way they already start playing with the because at first you think that he's there in person you're like oh my god um yeah that which is really shocking because you never see wade in person he's just this little chubby computer kid he comes out he's like hey guys he's like oh my god it's the 10 year old computer genius that we rely on here in our high school we can you could be just in new mexico for all you know yeah um and I don't, there's another thing that I forgot happened this early that I don't know if I should talk about yet or if I should wait. Um, 
Hmm. We're getting we're getting close to the end of the episode anyway, so. Um, when Ron gets the Ron getting the monkey powers, right? Oh yeah, he gets the mystical monkey yeah. powers too, which I mean they destroy that and Monkey Fist is like, no, I'll never be able to get mystical monkey powers again, and I'm like, you already have they them, have right? Them. So yeah, they don't have to go away. Of you getting sad about? Yeah, they it. don't go away, and so him and Ron both have them, which means that him and Ron will be evenly matched at least somewhat, in the future. Right. Which, of course, is a threat I know continues through the series. Yeah. I don't think uh, they uh, mention Bronze mystical monkey powers ever again, though, to my knowledge, anyway. Right? Do they... I don't know if they mention specifically that he has them, but I know he's a better fighter after that. Right. He? Yeah. There's right, but, like, in later episodes. I'm sorry? There's. I think they mention it a few times later on, like, yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. He goes through training or something um, with some somebody. Right. He gets sent away to like this um, kung fu school or something, and he has a yeah. girlfriend for a brief period of time, and then they don't go anywhere. Yeah. Because so. of course not, because everyone wanted uh, Kim and Ron together. Right. I didn't want Kim and Ron together. I wanted Kim with um, somebody she else. Well, um, not at the time, but you know, now that I think about it, they are really cute together, Kim and Shigo. How old is Shigo, though? But that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. Shigo, I think is an adult. So yeah, mm. doesn't Bonnie end up dating a senior, senior, junior towards the? Oh, Lord, I think so. Junior. <laughs> yes, I remember him. And senior, 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 voiced by Ricardo Montalban. Ricardo Montalban. Mm -hmm. The dad, the granddad from Spy Kids. He's also Khan. Khan! Patrick Warburton's in this show, too. Oh, yeah, yeah he's the, um, the, the, the coach. The Principal Barkin, I think, is yeah. his name. I just watched Hoodwink the first time. He's the big bad wolf in Hoodwink. Yes. Yeah. He is the big also a movie where he also a movie where he talks to a squirrel. Also in uh, Kim Possible is uh Patton Oswald as uh Dr. Uh, Dementor. Was he Professor Dementor or Dr. Dementor? Yeah, Professor Dementor is right. Professor Dementor. Oh, Patton uh, Oswald's in the show? Yes. Yeah. Which means that Patton Oswald will have been in two Epcot attractions. So I think he's tied <laughs> with Martin Short. He's actually in the live action movie too. He reprises his role. Yeah, yeah. Professor. I, I read about that. My favorite uh, villain he plays, though, is not on Kim Possible. It's actually on Word Girl. Um, back from long ago, he played Toby. And it was just good performance. I've seen a few episodes of Word Girl. Word Girl's pretty fun. I haven't watched um, much Word Girl, but I do know of its existence, so I may have to check it out sometime. It's that very much cute. a kid's show. Yeah, it's yeah. a kid's show. But for a kid's show, it's got some good writing. It's got some, uh, some snappy It has writing. voice actors that I... That I like to follow the work of in it though so at the very least it's worth watching a couple clips mm -hmm. yeah yeah all righty um, so ron gets some mystical monkey powers and ends up saving the day with yeah. help from cousin larry with help from cousin larry because hey, nerds larry. are gonna win in the end and then the episode ends with uh larry uh, and ron hanging out and kim being like okay later dorks that's very kim <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> But I like I like that you know Ron finds another friend. That's that's we love that. Yeah, yeah. Somebody who's just not going to be passive aggressively sarcastic with him all the time. Uh, so yeah, it was a fun episode. Yeah, yeah. I, I it think it was a pretty good episode. I think if you take out the fact that the opening is kind of disconnected to everything, everything else in the episode works really well. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess when you're trying to do uh, a show with reoccurring villains like that, you can't have every opening tie into your villain. Mm -hmm. I just, yeah. I just like the opening should have been something to do more directly with Larry, like maybe a bad incident with Larry from the past or something. Maybe not that he's like a dweeb or something. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess that would kind of conflict with you know Kim's description versus what we actually end up seeing. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I just feel like it could have tied in more somehow. Okay. Yeah. 
I think it was a solid introduction to Lord Monkey Fist, who is actually like my number one favorite villain on this show because he's a he's a he's a dude that's just obsessed with monkeys and knows kung fu. He's so it's funny. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's the over the topness. <laughs> a monkey. I wonder if Monkey Fist is um, is familiar with uh, Mystic Manor and uh, Henry Mystic and Albert. Probably. Yeah. I would love to go to Hong Kong to ride that someday, but also it's like, mm, I don't know. I want to go. I just want to go back to theme parks. Money. COVID. Yeah. yeah. Once I got that vaccine running through my veins and once everything opens back up, I'm booking a trip to California to do all the theme parks. Yes. Oh, speaking of theme parks, we should probably talk for a little bit about yeah. the World Showcase Adventure. Specifically, Monkey Fist was in the China mission, and I forget what the actual plot of the mission was. I know I described it in the World Showcase Adventure video I did, but the main thing I remember from that is that the monkey statue is in the Lotus Pond, the Jade Monkey statue, and they never changed that. For the Phineas and Ferb version of it. So it's still a jade monkey. And it the way that they did that was actually clever. Because they're like, oh, you think the controls of the depandanator would be panda shaped, but it's actually hidden inside something monkey shaped in the lotus pond. See, I, <laughs> I, I figured if it was a monkey, people wouldn't look for it. But then, he, but then like Juven Schwartz tells you where it is anyway. So it's like, well, we're gonna go find it, obviously. Um. Right. Do we want to talk about how it opened like two years after the show had already ended? <laughs> yeah, it opened like two years after the show had already ended. But I mean, Phineas and Ferb World Showcase Adventure was a little bit better because it opened a few years before the show had ended at that time. But, and DuckTales is going to be the same way as Kim Possible, where it's like it'll be, by the time it finally opens, it'll be as the show is going off or is officially done. Yeah. Um, the thing is, all of these shows, Kim Possible, Phineas and Ferb, and DuckTales, are still massively popular. Yeah. Kim yeah. Possible is still very popular, seeing as and, and seeing as they made a Disney Channel original movie not that long ago. Mm -hmm. I, I think they're still, it, it still has a potential to get revived like anything. Yeah. For us. Yeah. I think, I think Kim Possible. Just from what I've heard, though, it had a really solid run with a lot of solid character growth and development. And it did. Definitely. Yeah. I guess that's the question, is if you brought it back, could you even do it better than the original show? Because the original show is pretty damn good. I mean, there's a lot of things that you would have to change because, I mean, technically, we all have communicators in our pockets right now. They're called smartphones. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, that, that was one of the things that made the new live action one weird because, like, Wade came from a hologram in Kim's necklace. It's just that's really no, strange no vibes from that. Not good. You can still yeah. be a computer genius. Actually, I mean, when you think about it, there is a new version of Kim Possible. It's the Netflix Carmen San Diego show. Oh yeah. <laughs> I heard that was getting canceled though. Is it? Yeah, I heard they just finished like their last season. It's either canceled or it's ending. I think that's been around for as long as Hilda has, and they've already gotten on. They've already gotten like what four seasons out. Yeah, well, think... Hilda is like such a beast of a show to make because the yeah, just so detailed. It's oh like it's God, basically dude. a full on movie animation. Yeah, can we can we talk about Hilda for a second? Because we're not actually going to be able to talk about it on this podcast because it's not a Disney show. But oh my, yeah, God, I just don't need to watch it. Actually, I've never seen it. Oh, the animation is incredible, and it, it's such a, it's such a, I mean, it's a gorgeous show, but other than that, it's so, uh, so good. It, so it, it has a very specific vibe that when you watch it, you just can't get that vibe from any other show. Right. It's very calming and relaxing. Yeah, it's relaxing, but then there's also, like, some uh, kind of creepy stuff, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. The score is really solid. Yeah, and and some some really good deep cut music used too. You know, Bam, I love, watch Hilda. I love the aesthetic of the music in that. Uh, obviously, Hilda has very little to do with Kim Possible, but it's animated. It's animated. So <laughs> animated has a female protagonist who likes going on adventures. 
<laughs> so do we have anything else to say about um, Kim Possible of this episode in particular? I'm sure we'll be revisiting Kim Possible here on the show. I think it's just um, really solid storytelling in this episode, just uh-huh. beginning to end. You got lots of stuff like we talked about, the Kim not touching the door. Um, lots of different things set up, like, you know, the Wade hologram, and um, it just all kind of comes together for a really nice final battle. It makes for a really solid introduction to... Yeah. Uh, and it's a really solid cool. episode for a solid show. Yeah, and it's for really cool that Ron got to shine um, for a change, whereas, you know, you, you think Kim kind of normally gets the, the the spotlight as a really good yeah. writer and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, okay, well, this is a situation where Ron's on his own and he still manages to hold to hold out, you know? He's not right. just there as the comic relief, mostly. And I mean, Ron has, hold, has held his own in, like, dozens of other episodes, too. So I, mean, right. I think in the third one where he has to meet up with um, the guy at Cap Wanna Week that lives in the lake and is mutating people. Lake monster. Yeah. He's, he's the one that is, like, he, who actually gets the shit done so this yeah. isn't the first time Ron has held his own before and it's certainly not the last. We didn't say anything about Bueno Nacho. Oh yeah, um, the thing I mentioned earlier about the the ride I would want um, also my idea was that there would be a Bueno Nacho next to it. Yes you have to have a Bueno Nacho. I feel like Bueno Nacho would be like mid-grade between um, Taco Bell and like I don't know, like 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 a Chipotle. Like it, it's better than a Taco Bell, but it's still not quite on the level of like Chipotle. You know? I don't. I always imagine it as. Bad, but... I always imagine it as Del Taco, except it would probably make um, fun trips even more fun trips to the bathroom than Del Taco. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I'd probably put it with Del like Taco. the Naco. That is gonna give somebody very bad heartburn <laughs> and some indigestion. Hey, Editor Chandler here. I just wanted to give a quick warning that the following piece of the discussion contains a reference to one of the most disgusting and infamous fanfictions ever written. You probably already know what it is if you're listening to this podcast, but listener discretion advised, just fair warning. And if you don't know what it is, do not seek it out. We don't actually mention any of the content in it, but still, if you want to skip any reference to anything that might be upsetting, just skip ahead 60 seconds from right now. I just yeah. hope we never get a crossover episode with Gravity Falls called Dipper Goes to Bueno No! 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 If you know what we're talking about, don't look it up. Yeah, don't look it up. For the love of God, no. Don't look it up. No, don't look it up. No, it's the worst. It's like the blue waffle of fan fiction. I got got curious. (laughs) I regret everything. I I have to live with reading that. And I'm not even that big of a Gravity Falls fan. I haven't read through the whole thing, but I know what it is. And I have no interest in actually reading through it. It's just, it, it, it's like, some people are just like, what inspires you to make that? You unleashed a can of worms, Micah. I hate you. <laughs> so I think that's where we're going to end this episode. I'm so sad. Uh, <laughs> I know. Impossible is a great show. Don't don't go read bad fan fictions. <laughs> read good fan fictions. Read good fan fictions. I bet Cousin Larry wrote better fan fiction than... Uh, than the the monstrosity go go read your sonic.exe i wrote a fan fiction that was a crossover i wrote written one it was a crossover of this and the emperor's new school and one it was a crossover of phineas and ferb the emperor's new school but the phineas and ferb one i think was better i have imaginary fan fictions about marluxia from the <laughs> kingdom hearts series that i never wrote because i'm not that great at writing but I just uh, they are... anyway. i don't know if i'm good at it or not i just wrote it does anyone have um, anything they want to plug um, I do, but if anyone else wants to go first, they can. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter, um, at ghoulish underscore gabs. I talk about stupid shit and Disney parks. Um, yeah, follow me there. Um, uh, you can follow me, uh, I'm on YouTube, uh, The Second Dimension is the name of the channel. I talk about Phineas and Ferb and other animated series, so I can actually get back into the groove of making videos. And, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at PFMML News. 
Um, I'm, you can find me on Twitter at Micah Hirsch is my main account. Um, I make animations on YouTube at Fireblast Studios. And I have a podcast called The Emperor's New Podcast, where I talk about The Emperor's New Groove and all related media, such as spinoffs and video games and in the parks. You can find me on Twitter at Starport97 and at the YouTube channel Starport97. I have a whole bunch of new videos playing over there, and I'm really excited for that. You can also find this podcast on Twitter at Podcast Acronym. If you like this and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe. Leave us a review and give us five stars. You can find us on Anchor and all the other usual places. Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Starport97 on YouTube. And join us next week, back on our usual day, Monday, when we talk about Gravity Falls some more. Because, of course, I want to talk more about Gravity Falls. And not about bad fan fictions that are loosely based on Gravity Falls either. We're not talking about that. What is that? That freaky thing! I heard Smarty Mark was having a sale on a hairless pink road with a long skinny tail. It seemed to be this could be a solution. The perfect pet for my dad's sensitive constitution. So the manager came to open the cage. He said, you know this pet's hairless. I said I couldn't care less. Handed him to me. Said, be careful, don't drop it. And do you want this cage? Do I keep him in my pocket? Yeah. What is that? That freaking thing. Yeah.